0: Love talk radio good morning everyone here in the US good afternoon everybody in South Africa and good evening to all my brothers and sisters over in Asia and Australia it is a blessing to be with you one more time and today I want to talk about spiritual justice spiritual justice now, before we start, let us go into prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this moment, this time. Father God, we, we pray that we hear your words, Father, We that we obey your words, Father, that we hear what you're asking us to do and, and obey what you are saying. Father God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you sensitize our ears and sensitize our minds. And Father God, if there be any distractions right now, Father, remove them in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for the sinners and the afflicted right now, Father, that your glory may be seen to a son, Father, that you... That they may come to know you, Father, as their Father. And Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in the Body of Christ. Father God, that we continue to strengthen our relationship with you, Father. That we may be that we may become all that you see us to be, Father, and do all that you call us to do before the foundations of the world. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, right. Spiritual justice. What a unique topic. Um, As I was actually. Uh, going through some things um, over my past couple of years. When you really look at it, justice is a unique word, a very unique word. And in the United States, and I can only speak in the United States, we have a unique word for justice or a unique perception of justice. Definition for justice is this. A concern... It can, now, now, typically what they taught taught in English is that you never use the word in the definition. So for all y'all who are English majors, forgive me for this, but this is what the dictionary says. Justice is just behavior or treatment. The synonym for justice is fairness, justness, fair play, fair-mindedness, equity, even-handedness, impartiality, objectivity, neutrality, disinterest, disinterestedness, <laughs> disinterestness, <laughs> how about that, honesty, righteousness, morals, and morality. Uh, another definition for a justice is what? A judge or a magistrate, in particular, a judge of the Supreme Court of a country or a state. All right. So when we talk about, we're talking about spiritual justice, because in the United States, we're having a little problem. Uh, we're having a problem with understanding justice. And because when you understand justice from a carnal perspective, a carnal perspective, and we live under carnal rule and carnal laws, there always tends to lead to some type of injustice, okay? As you can see in the definition, says what justice is what? Fair play. Well, in that case, then there should be fairness or fair play, equity, honesty, neutrality throughout our country, in particular particular the United States. But we know that's not true. Okay, we know that. So let's look at justice from this perspective here because I want to give you a new definition of justice. I want you to understand who you are and how you are to administer justice in the earth. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, listen to the word of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be put upon the throne, upon upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from hence even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. All right, there's a couple of things you need to understand. A couple of things. uh, It's the first of the increase of his government. So in other words, as a son of God, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. I think we're okay with that. But it says we are citizens of another government, though we live in the earth. Right. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are also sons of our heavenly father. Notice we also, it says we are a royal priesthood. So knowing that, we are kings and priests in the earth. We are firstborn sons. There's a lot of nice titles there, but you got to have an understanding those titles to make sure that you're living within the confines of what or who the Father has made us to be and what those titles actually mean. But it says, of the increase of his government, the kingdom of God, and peace. So the rulership of the kingdom of God produces righteousness, peace, and joy. And it says there shall be no end. So if you abide as a son under the kingdom of God and live under this mandate, it says there shall be no end to the peace upon the throne of David, upon the throne of the Son, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. Order, structure, establishment, place it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, now, how does he establish it with justice, all right? Morality. Well, we know one of the ways he's established it with justice is by law. God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. Those Ten Commandments are active today, so one of the ways he establishes it is by law. Your structure to it. But I want to show you this very unique scripture, and I love this. Uh, my spiritual father um, Leon Elijah showed me the scripture, and I cannot get away from it. It is is There's so much locked into this passage of scripture. Everybody turn to Psalm 82. If you were on the last podcast, I it from this scripture, okay? I it from this scripture, but it's so much locked in this. And I'm going to give you how you as the son are to administer the justice. But notice in Isaiah 9, it says that the zeal of the Lord, not the zeal, not your zeal, but the zeal of the Lord will perform this. That's two separate things. Your zeal and God's zeal are two separate things because in your zeal, you can get caught up. Listen, we all get caught up. I, I, as a young minister growing in the Word, you learn something, you get zealous. You get very zealous within the parameters of Christ, if it's not contained within the parameters of love, then guess what? You could become overzealous, and you could do more damage. Though you know truth, you can do more damage to the body than hell, okay? Because you can be overzealous. But let's look at this, Psalm 82. If God stands in the congregation of the mighty, he judges amongst the gods. Remember I told you in our last podcast, Little G, God, that is you. Sons of God, we are little God. We are one with him. We are called to be like him. I use the analogy of myself. My name is Calvin Calhoun, Jr. My father's name, Calvin Calhoun, Sr. When I was growing up, when they saw me, they said, you were little Calvin. You look just like your father, little Calvin. So we are little God, okay? Now, the the carnal and the charismatic will take that all out outside of context. So please understand, little God, meaning you are the sons of God. How long, verse 2, will you judge unjustly? Now, let's stop right there. Then he tells you you're a judge. Remember, we look at in Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a judge. But note, it says that justice. It says what? If a judge or magistrate in a, of the Supreme Court of a country or state, we are also judges. Okay, that's all right. I'll just let that, for a second, because people will say this, judge not lest you be judged. But then Corinthians tells you, how come you don't judge the smallest matter? You're going to judge angels and judge all this other stuff. How can you learn not to judge? But the word here strictly says, how long will you, not how long will God, But how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? So in other words, in the Bible of Christ, God is saying that we have not judged righteously. And because we have not judged righteously, we are more apt to accept people of wickedness. Mm -hmm. We're more apt to accept the people of the wicked. Now it says this: defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Stop. See, I just hit the brakes sometimes. Defend the poor and the fatherless, the orphans, those who don't have you. Defend them. You defend them. You care for them. Remember, Jesus told us. Jesus told the disciples, "The poor in the the poor in me, you'll always say. You always had them. But he says, for us to defend the poor and the afflicted. But then he says, justice. So justice is something that you do to the afflicted and needy, now he tells you. He says what? Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness or ignorance, for the foundations of the earth are out of court. So he tells you the way you do justice to the poor and the afflicted is to rid them out of the hand of the enemy, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of those that oppress them. What a sweet, sweet definition. Okay? So let's put a thumbtack there. Let's put a thumbtack on Psalm 82. I want you to go over to Colossians? Start Colossians 1. I want to show you something. This is how we do justice. Look at verse number 12, chapter number 1 of Colossians. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light." All right? So we're partakers of the divine nature because we are sons of God. We are birthed from our Heavenly Father. We are one with him. It says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us, utterly moved us, utterly set us free, and put us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have what? Redemption, redeeming us. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, is, sin oppresses you, sin traps you, sin separates you from your heavenly father. That is why Jesus was so adamant in teaching about the forgiveness of sin. But in Psalm 82, he says, "What? rid them out the hands of the wicked. You can't rid them out the hands of the wicked in a natural way. We cannot begin to look at justice just from the standpoint of the Supreme Court or our civil court giving us something that will make us feel better. We need to rid the people out of the hands of the oppressor. And the way you rid them out of the hands of the oppressor, you must bring the one who sets them, who makes them free. I like to who makes them free. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. There's freedom. You can break those by bringing Christ to the person. So as the sons of God, we represent our Heavenly Father, and in representing our Heavenly Father, as we walk the earth, administering his kingdom, we rid people out of hand, the enemy by the word of God, by the gospel of the kingdom, setting them free. That is how we rid them out the hands of the wicked. We give them Christ, we present Christ, and if they receive the blessing of the word of the Lord, receive the spirit of sonship, guess what? You have given and administered justice in the earth. And let me raise you one, you're talking about the sinner. There are many believers who need this justice because there are many believers who are afflicted and they're needy. Why? Because it says what in verse 5, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. So so my people perish for what? Lack of knowledge. Knowledge is light. It says darkness is a picture of metaphor. Now, darkness is a picture of ignorance. So they don't know, they go knowledge don't know, neither will they understand. There are many people in the body of Christ who don't know who they are, who don't understand who they are, and because they don't know, they're still being oppressed by an enemy. And let me raise it one, they're not only being oppressed by an enemy, they're being oppressed by a defeated enemy. That's illegal in the kingdom of God. But it says all the foundations of the earth are out of course. That's what the Bible says. All the foundations are out of course. And because they're out of course, it says, I I have said, Lord speaking here, I have said, you are God, Lord Jesus, and all of you are children of the most high. What is he saying? He is trying to reestablish who we are. He's trying to reestablish, this is who you are. This is who I've called you to be. And by you living and walking in that destiny, you will not only rid the poor and the fatherless and the afflicted from their oppressors, you will also set the creation free. Because it says the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God to be set and to the liberty of the sons of God. So that means it starts with identity. This whole song is about knowing who you are and how you administer justice and advance his kingdom in the earth. But it says this, because as good as that all sounded, and as real as that is, this is real too. Verse number six. Verse number seven, I'm sorry. But. You don't do all of that, but you shall die like men. See, he, he he makes a difference between men and the sons of God, little God. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O oh God, judge the earth, but thou shalt inherit all nations. I like the next psalm, Psalm 83, he tells you, keep not thy silence, O oh God, but hold, O oh God, Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thy enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. See, we better understand that we are ga- we are engaged in spiritual warfare. But here's the unique thing about even that spiritual warfare. It says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But then he tells you that the weapons of our warfare are not... But my through God to the through God to the pulling down strongholds, casting down all imaginations and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. That's what we must do. So we must learn to help sons cast down imaginations, everything that's been taught that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. See, there's some people who are so theological that they have no relationship. Cast down these imaginations. Paul said this in Philippians, and I'm going to go directly to it. And this this was this one I help with the theologians, those who like to be so philosophical, and they want to they want to be all use extra uh, extra biblical words and everything. And people are confused when they talk; they don't even know what they're saying. But that but that's an indictment of one thing. That's an indictment because see, the Holy Spirit knows where everybody's at and as a leader. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, some things may sound so simple, but it's something that they can understand. And I love when the Holy Ghost is teaching because when when I was growing and, and continuously growing still to this day, but as I was growing, the Holy Ghost speaks on a level that I can understand and receive. And then I must continue to search the deep things of God. And as I search deeper and deeper, there are things, sometimes he says things that I don't fully understand, but I know they'll be manifest in days to come, that I keep seeking. I keep searching. It has to be a zeal. It has to be a deal within you to keep searching for God. Keep seeking him out. Keep wanting to know more about him. But also it says about the zeal of the Lord will perform justice." and so that means we must be under the confines and under the mandates and under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Look at what Paul said right here. Verse number 6. Please, I hope you hear this. Verse number 6. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, this is what Paul was doing, touching the righteousness which is in the law timeless. But what things were gained to me? those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things, everything, but lost, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Now that is that is, this passage of scripture can get very confusing, but let me let me just give you a little glimpse into it. It says, and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained Either we're already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may be, I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Sounds kind of confusing, don't it, brother? I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do: Begin those things which are behind and reach it forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen, Paul says, "What I count everything as lost. This man knew. He, he was a doctor of the law. He was a Pharisee. He, I mean, he knew it. But when he came to Christ, he counted everything as law. He didn't want anything interfering with knowing Christ. And that's what we have to do. We have to come back to having a relationship with Christ. And when we can come into that relationship with Christ, not only can we judge justly, We can defend the poor and the fathers, the orphans, those people who don't know God the Father. We can defend them. We can deliver the poor and the needy and bring them into the richness and the security of the house of God. That's what we're called. That's administering spiritual justice, setting them free from the tyranny of the enemy, of a toothless lion who, remember now, it says in the Bible that what he's a lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's toothless because he's already been defeated. Okay, he's already been defeated. But he's here for a purpose. The enemy's here for a purpose and that's to train you. <laughs> to train you, I know that sounds weird, but he's here to train you. He's here through through his oppressive ways to to move you and to train you into having a deeper relationship. With the Lord. Now, if you can't see that, I'm sorry. That's what he's here for. Because if that was the case, he would have took Satan away completely, done away with him. That's it. But no, it says he's a he's a lion seeking whom he may devour. But it says that he also eats dust. Dust is a picture of humanity. How do we know? Because it says that man was created from the what? The clay, the dust of the earth. So the enemy seeks to devour what? Humanity. He seeks to devour man's carnality. Now, here's the thing about that. Here's the great thing about that, that if you can shift mindset from being a calm-minded person to being a spiritual-minded person, guess what? You will begin to know the deep things of God. Then you can understand how to what? Defend the poor and the fatherless. And then you can defend how to, uh, you can understand how to keep justice to the afflicted and needy by reading them out the hand of the wicked. Then you will accurately put Christ on display, and set people free into the liberty of the house of God, into the liberty of the kingdom of God. So this is this is a beautiful story, and we got to understand spiritual justice. And let me tell you something, our, our man-made system will always, and I mean always, fall short of our expectations. But we have a king who sits high, who knows all. He sees all, and when our earthly systems fail us, we have a judge and an advocate that sits high who will judge these situations. Because there's two judgments: there's the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. I want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Don't know about you, but that's why I want to be. Because at the white throne judgment, if you read that to those are people who will begin to be thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. So it's important for us to understand spiritual justice. And when we see injustices, we know that Christ does things a little bit different. We can't put our trust in man-made systems. They will fail us. And we're watching that today, especially in the United States. We're watching it. Now, you may say, well, we got a lot better system than a lot of other countries. Yeah, but it's still unfair. There's a lot of unfairness in this country. There's a lot of unfairness in in Israel, if you didn't really know, that there is an oppression of Ethiopian Jews versus um, Jews that are there. Those Ethiopian Jews who are what, dark-skinned? Yes, there's oppression there. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe that, but that is true. That is actually happening. It's a segregation in that land. So please understand that our carnal mindset towards justice must change to our Heavenly Father's concept of justice, which is what? Defend the poor and the fathers, rid them out of the hands of the wicked, saying that they don't know, but know that by presenting Christ and you giving them knowledge and giving them their identity and giving them sonship and teaching them about the word of the Lord, you begin to set them free into the liberty of their destiny as being sons of God, firstborn sons, kings, and priests, exact representations of our heavenly father, the advocate, the vessel where heaven and earth meet, the corporate sun in the earth, where all that is in heaven desires to come and be played out on the earth, visible for everybody. And I can tell you something right now, as nice as that sounds, that will happen. I desire you to be a part of it, but you must come into your identity as being children of the Most High. I love you. God bless you. May God keep you. Is my prayer. Till we meet again on the Kingdom Perspective.